just so tired. Yeah, I can understand that. I was telling Daniel I went to a place that gave me what they call city grits, and I've never been more disgusted in my life with Who the fuck are city grits. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Polenta? Yeah. No, no. So they put like fresh onions, uh, some ground up. Uh, I want to say, was it bacon or chorizo? One of the two. But it was like just some bound up beef or something like that, um, or pork. I don't remember which one. And so then gi- they put, grits have been gentrified. Uh, awesome. Yes, and they did it in the South, which is like, why would you ever want? I tasted them because I was like, maybe they make them better with the Gouda cheese and all that. But no, it is not. That is not what happened. In fact. In fact, I went so far as to be like, you know, I honestly have zero idea um, what what is going on here. <laughs> um, but I finished eating them and was like, all right. The omelet I had was much better. Much, much better. I haven't had it. No, I've had an omelet. <laughs> I was saying I didn't have grits before. I have not had grits. See? He lives in the States. Yeah, but and one of the northern ones. Exactly. The thing is, like, you should. I've had coke. If places serve grits, typically they serve hash browns as well, and I fucking love hash browns. (sighs) Oh, okay. I can see the dichotomy there. I can see. I can see the choice problem you have, where because it is usually, uh, what do you want, hash browns or grits? And and if that is the choice, I can see why you would choose hash browns. Sega Genesis. When I was dead broke, man, I couldn't picture this. Welcome, everybody, to the Screen Looker Podcast Show. I am your host, Martin Ben, and with me today, I have Daniel George. Oh, how's it going? <laughs> you usually say like, "How are you? How are you doing today, Fonsa?" Or yeah, "How are you doing? What's up?" <laughs> you know, I mean, it's switching it up every now and then. Uh, <laughs> and also with us today, we have. The legend, Matt Rutkowski. How are you now, Twitter legend? <laughs> I'm good. I am tired. But I'm happy to be here because it's something to do. <laughs> well, we are, uh, we're, we're, we're t- what, 24 hours into your newfound stardom uh, as the man, the myth, and the legend of the KK Slider fame. Um, is, there, is there anything you'd like to say to your, one, your, your wonderful public? Tweet tech is unusable. Stop retweeting it. <laughs> oh man, that's gonna be terrible. <laughs> what? Do you do you run any uh, social media accounts? Uh, mine. Oh okay. <laughs> that's about it. That's why I don't tweet. If I ever did a good tweet, which would be once in ten years, nine years, according to Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't do tweet from like App Trigger. <laughs> 
Right. It just turns into a crawl. Yeah, yeah. It, that's that's one of the things about those, like the the decks where you can handle all of them at once. It's like, yeah, I mean, you just eventually, if one ever pops off, you kind of just got to move to another application to be able to do <laughs> any management of any of the others. Or just get rid of the notifications column. Yeah, that'd be smart. I'm going to do that. Now, honestly, this is cool because I've never done anything that seemed to have made this many people happy. So I'm in a good mood, even though I'm very, very tired. I want you to know that you have more retweets than Hillary Clinton. Uh, what? <laughs> I'm just <kidding>. Ever? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Pokemon Go to make more parodies, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just Josh Groban. And, I mean, the truly, Africa mm-hmm. by Toto is just... Uh, that's if you're ever gonna if you're ever going to do a cover of anything, Africa by Toto is is the thing to do. There's a video of Dak Shepard and uh, why can't I remember her name now? Uh, Kristen Bell also doing a cover of <laughs> a cover of Africa by Toto. There's also a video of I think Weezer as a cover of Africa by Toto. <laughs> Everyone I'm good covers company. Africa by Toto. <laughs> Happy birthday, Becca. This is your fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So you're making KK Slider songs, and I have been playing Dead Cells again. I finally got past like the first big boss because um, they have what the, so like there's in-map bosses that are called elites and then you can get into like the end of a dungeon area and it'll have a boss there as well which will be like a strong like an elite as well but just like off on its own and seemingly more powerful i don't know if they're actually more powerful but they're just separated from everyone for some reason and then there's also like the actual boss that stops you from going to the next area. And that is the concierge or what have you. So like in the first part of the game, you hit through, uh, you can choose to go like two different routes. So as you're going through a level, you can choose, choose to go to the ramparts. You can go or three different routes. You can go to the ramparts, the promenade of the deceased or condemned or something like that. Or you can take the toxic sewers. You can go through either one of those. And then the second part, you can choose to go through the ossuary or either of the two others again. Um, But either way, you always have to go through two different parts of the total stage. And then you'll hit the concierge at the Black Bridge. Um, I have hit him like multiple times and been really close to killing him multiple times. And then I kept dying. Um, Now I can beat him just fine because... Once you get past him, you get more levels up, and you obviously get more money, and you get better weapons. Uh, But then it makes it easier for you to beat him in the future because you can also get, um, as you collect more cells, you can get other types of mutations, and some of them make it more effective to actually fight him. So anyway, I played more Dead Cells. I'm better at Dead Cells now. Um, It's mostly come about because I have like a paralysis going where I don't really know what other game I want to actually try to finish. So I just hmm. keep pounding away at Dead Cells because I don't really feel like... I feel like playing a game, but I don't really feel like playing the games that I was playing. So 
uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey or, or Origins felt like uh, it was becoming a, a bit of a chore just with all the different things you have to do in that game. Um, so I stopped playing that for a little bit. Uh, no Man's Sky, also a chore. Um, there just hasn't been a, a game that has like just said, hey, like you can do the side stuff or don't. But either way, you can keep moving forward. Uh, that is not what the case is in in either Assassin's Creed Origins or No Man's Sky or some of the other things I've been playing. So, um, yeah, just picking up Dead Cells, putting it back down. Uh, if I played multiplayer, I imagine that I would play more shooting games. But since I don't like online multiplayer, because uh, I don't like people yelling at me for no reason because (laughs) (laughs) because i picked up the game for the first time in six months and i have no idea what i'm doing anymore and they're like no we really have to win this one and then i'm just like why are you not in competitive why are you here what are you doing (laughs) that's why you'll i'll never play a moba right like i only played one and that was paragon and even then i started becoming that person so i said okay i gotta stop playing paragon (laughs) (laughs) They didn't have a competitive mode, though. So, like, you would just get stuck with people, like, and they wouldn't really adjust levels really well at first. So, like, you would get stuck with people who were way lower level than you. Not to say that they were bad. They could be the first time playing with that character and they're overall good. But if they don't know how to use the character and you're using, like, your best character, it it usually didn't work out very well. You usually are like, "What what are you doing? That's not how you... What are you... That's not how you use that. <laughs> so there should be um, anytime you're loading in a map, like a prompt for mute all. Yeah, there really should. Or you just mute all, like just outright, just play on mute. Um, the good news is the same that, Yeah, like the good news with Paragon was is like unless you were in a party with somebody, you couldn't, you didn't have to hear them, but they could spam uh like uh, yeah notifications on the screen and so they would do things like you would do something stupid and you'd die and they'd just be like great job and just keep pressing (laughs) it over and over again the rocket league spam (laughs) yeah exactly wow what a save what a save when you let it in right like (laughs) like oh okay so you're just gonna be an asshole about this Thank you. Um, you only got like three within like five seconds, and then it like times out pro- oh, progressively. Did you see that Rocket League video? The guy who made a comeback of like five goals in in eight seconds or something like that. Uh, I did not. That sounds awesome. Uh, no. Let me see if I can find it because it was on Twitter, like greatest Rocket League comeback of all of all time or something like that. And it was number actually, six will shock you. <laughs> yeah it was like oh uh, i think this is it it's like oh and five in less than a minute let me see if this is the one i think it is um but it was absolutely ridiculous overall because it was just like how <laughs> how in the world did he do this mm-hmm. um and literally he was just like uh like it was one person too, so it wasn't even like the team effort that you could point to. It was literally like no, like one person did the entire thing. Um, Is this person. like a competition or just some random solos? 
It might have been a random thing. No, there's wait, there's people. Oh, there's AI. There's a whole bunch of things like when you try to look up what'll come back, um, and there's a whole lot of things. So it might not. I think it might be ah, it's this one. Sorry, this is the one with Kotaku on here. Uh, a great uh, save the day. Uh, audio format. <laughs> oh, four <laughs> eight. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was not oh five. It was four to eight, and the guy has less than 10, like, it's like 12 seconds on the clock, and he scores four goals and the winner in the overtime. Why does it start underwater? Because it's a whole highlight reel. It starts at one fifty seven. Yeah, it starts right at one fifty seven, And on here, homie has, it's 4-8 with nine seconds, 5-8 with nine seconds left. And homie got the sombrero hat on with the neon purple. And this is like, whole thing is just amazing. Like, first goal is just like scored within three seconds. Second goal is about to be scored in like two seconds. And somehow, I'm not really sure how (laughs) there's not a goalie back there. I don't know if they were playing two on two. They are. Okay, that makes sense. But they're both going for it? Right, like. I do like how Rocket League from the beginning has allowed a uh, the floor is lava like approach. Right. To um, like if if it if there's zero seconds and the ball's in the air mm-hmm. or bouncing off of objects, it's still live. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm a big oh, fan. Look at him go. Big fan. Like, oh, the whole thing. <laughs> like, the one where he scores because they, um, like, the game-winning goal is, like, a heartbreaking one, man. Because, like, they get, like, extra time because it's tied. And it's only tied because the last goal he scored <laughs> came because, like, they bounced it off the wall and he, like, flew into the ball. And it was just like, oh, come on, man. You can't can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> anyway. Uh, that's enough of things that people can't see that I'm talking about. Uh, I'll put the link in the show notes <laughs> to, to where that <laughs> happened. At. Uh, anyway, Daniel, what have you been playing, man? Uh, I've been playing, uh, I finished Yakuza Kwame 2, uh, mysteriously within days of that recording. <laughs> um... I I love it. I, I've talked it at length, so I'm not going to do that. I'm playing another open world game with RPG elements, except for it's more RPG than the fighting, brawling game of uh, Yakuza Kwame 2. It's Divinity Original Sin 2 Definitive Edition. Mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. talk about anything to do with Definitive Edition, so I will just recall upon my PC playing times with the basic game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I was playing on the PC, which is not Definitive Edition, <laughs> I, re- I recall having a wonderful time. Uh, what separates it from a lot of these new uh, computer RPG games, and specifically computer RPG style, because of course I'm playing it on a computer, <laughs> uh, is that this one... It, it, it harkens back to the old style of, you know, Baldur's Gate, um, uh, never, 
Neverwinter Nights or never whatever whatever that one's called. What, those old two thousand turn of turn of the century RPGs, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, with uh, characters that within your party, but also like it introduces elemental like elements being in and around the map as like a driving force. For example, I'm not sure why, but you're you know you're on a beach. There's a bunch of crocodiles. They turn into uh, were crocodiles and they start <laughs> s- using scale portation. Okay. Uh, so you know they can teleport with their scales. I don't know. It's it's medieval fantasy magic, but um, <laughs> they they might like lash at an ooze barrel that's on the shore and just knock your party and make it poisonous. So when you have a basic party that uses the elements against you, you have to start thinking, how am I going to counteract what the environment presents me? So you might have a mage or sorry, uh, someone with hydrophysis skills that pours rain onto the field. And then you have a sorceress or wizard or witch that can uh, use lightning spells, and so where you cast rain, you can cast lightning on it and shock enemies, hmm. delaying their turns, removing their ability points. You get four, or sorry, action points. So you get like four in a basic turn, and attack does two, move does one for five meters, or your finesse skill. So you can start using the elements to kind of like create tangible benefits and uh, negatives for the enemies. Uh, there's hmm. a lot of that in this game. It becomes almost like a fourth pillar of the RPG mechanics. So not only do you have to create a party where you have a tank, a rogue, a magic user, someone who can heal, but you also have... Um, you have to start taking into account how enemies are going to use, you know, oil barrels. They can cast oil and shoot fire at you. How you can mitigate that. So it becomes a lot of environmental aspects to the game. Mm-hmm. And it creates for a lot of interesting combat scenarios. And it becomes more intense as you get uh, as you go along. Because enemies start working as teams. And they're very smart about combat. Even in basic classic explorer or classic uh, mode, which is like, you know, basic RPG. Like the enemies are coordinated and you have to be as coordinated as the enemy. It's an interesting challenge. Uh, The voice acting is superb in the base Divinity Original Sin 2 on the computer. (laughs) Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm just reading the embargo. I'm like, oh man, look at all that stuff I can't talk about. <laughs> Which is uh, weird considering it is a definitive edition release. Like, it's not like it's a new game. It's. Well, I'm it's... not talking about that though. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm yes. talking about the basic game. Wow. I've, uh, really? I've yet to uh, start the definitive edition. Yeah, that's right. Huh. Not true. Uh, Interesting. <laughs> the game's like 80 to 100 hours. And a lot of that has to do with just how much questing and options there are. Like, in the first act is a basically escape Fort Joy where they 
send sorcerers to um, people who use source as like an inherently stronger magic. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, oh, um, like escape the island because the magisters want to prov- uh, are stopping the void woken, which are just enemies of derelict antediluvian horrorness that come and swoop in like you know big maggots and praying yes. mantis like alien devices and all that stuff mm-hmm. so um your your job the first act is get off the island when matt and i maddie b the follow, fellow podcaster from months ago <laughs> uh when we were playing it took like 20 30 hours to get off the f- island in, in the first act it's not like it's you know like a huge ass map it's just one of like four or five different maps in the game it's just that there's so many characters so densely packed there's a lot of item management there's a lot of resource management but what keeps you going is that these characters everyone has something to say Everyone can trade with you. Like, any NPC that's not hostile. hmm And you just have, like, a bunch of interesting characters. There's only, you know, so many voice actors that you can have, but there are so many charming British accents and different characters, and it, it just makes for a lively game that feels more in tune with its fantasy medieval setting than other games might. And that's hard to say because there's, you know, Baldur's Gate, that's a medieval-ass fantasy game. But it's also, is there a new Baldur's Gate? Because, like, Baldur's Gate that I know of is, like, really old. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's, like 2000. (laughs) Like, there hasn't been, there was, like, a second Baldur's Gate, like Baldur's Gate 2 or something like that. But I don't think there's been one for quite some time, as far as I recall. Uh, Well, not on uh, computers. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, uh, pause to check. <laughs> uh, Baldur's Gate Siege of Dragonspear was out last year. Okay. Oh, it's I, an expansion pack for Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition? I just, amazing. Still going. Can, That's the someone, first uh, game. <laughs> can someone explain to me like the difference between like a definitive edition or enhanced edition or... There's a definition for these things? Uh, definitive edition for... For uh, Baldur's Gate... Or, sorry, for... Um, for Divinity essentially means... It's coming to consoles now. <laughs> right. It's got... Uh, we're, we're fixing parts of the game. Uh, we are changing uh, in, in combat encounters... We're doing, we're fixing some problems that took a while for us to get to, and we're also rebalancing portions of the game. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Definitive Edition usually means it's been some time since this officially released on one platform, and now it's on another. Um, Similar to, like, how whenever they come out with a new version of a movie... They'll they'll call it another version of it. They'll just keep saying there's a new limited edition. There's the ultimate mm. edition. The un- director's cut. 
Well, director's cut actually has another meeting, but um, it's always something to make sure that people think that you got to go buy it uh, or it's available for the first time somewhere. Anyway. All right. Okay, Defend the you. original sin and definitive editions defined. Um, now, you have a party in that game because didn't you did you have a party in the first game? I didn't get far, very far in Divinity Original Sin, which I own on PlayStation. Um, I didn't get very far in the first one. Um, is there a party system? Like, do you get multiple? Absolutely. People in control? Uh, okay. Y- there are even uh, changes to there. There is an option to do a lone wolf perk, which allows you to kind of min max with just one other companion. But usually, you can have a party of four. And it makes sense to, because the game scales with a group of four. Gotcha. And as soon as one character dies, it becomes a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but a lot of the changes which I'm going to have to work my way through to are with the uh, the last act of the game. Mm-hmm. So I I can't say because I haven't really got there. And I, can't re- and I don't want to say what the final act of the game is, just for obvious reasons. <laughs> but uh, they're, they're changing uh, dialogues and motivations for why certain people are doing certain things. A lot of dialogue has been rewritten. And uh, they did change... No, I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> I just oh, know man. that they're, they're, they changed balancing for certain things. And there were we reworking dialogue and making sure that the end of the game kind of makes more sense. That's going to be an issue for me because I haven't gotten to the end in the PC version. Hmm. So, well, you know, you'll get there. It'll be it'll be worth it. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. Oh man. Um so moving on to the news, which apparently Gamescom is a place for a lot of news. Did I miss this last year? But it didn't feel like a lot of things came out at Gamescom last year, did it? Do you remember Dan? Um I I I was talking with I think Rebecca about this like she was downplaying the level of things there were. From Gamescom? Yeah, that, that came out. I think, like, there's a lot of Gamescom-adjacent announcements this year, too. Like, they did uh, Tekken stuff right. at some Japanese event. I know there's some announcements. Uh, I think they'll show more. I think they're going to show more... Uh, Devil May Cry 5 in a Tokyo Game Show. Like, Gamescom's a weirdly timed one. And it's mm-hmm. mostly for the the gamers, with his head, to play video games ahead of time. It mm-hmm. used to be the big one where they did it smart. They had press-only days. Mm-hmm. And then they let everyone just swarm Belg- uh, Cologne, Germany. It's the most packed one. It's more packed than E3. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting, though, for me, because I'm like, 
I don't. I honestly don't remember what, if anything, happened at Gamescom last year. I I may have been like just immersed in my own life at that point and not <laughs> paying any attention. But I didn't. I didn't remember anything big happening at Gamescom. Whereas it feels like this week of Gamescom has been filled with all kinds of people either reiterating announcements they made before. Um, like then there's like the Nvidia conference happened this week. Um, there's like announcements about uh, Xbox stuff that's happening because they had an inside Xbox thing with Gamescom. Um, Fortnite will never stop having news. Amazon decided to start acting up. And then other people are just like announcing things just left and right. I think it's uh, more of an update conference. Yeah, yeah. I think they they announced Senua's Sacrifice at, I feel like they did at Gamescom. Right. Uh, but most of the time it's like, you know, here's when the release date of a thing is and here's a new trailer. Yeah. Sony is uh, effectively moved away from Gamescom to push Get Paris Games Week. But only during like the later Quantic Dream years. Like I think they announced Detroit Become Human. They showed another progress trailer. And then they didn't even have a release date last year. <laughs> I think they announced that at the PlayStation X. Yeah, I'm trying to look now to see if Paris Games Week has a date. Uh, yeah, so Paris Games Week is 26th through the 30th of October. So it'll be after PAX and all of that before you'll get new Sony announcements, it looks like. But we do have um, some release date announcements um, coming out of here. So I don't know if it's related to Gamescom, but the Dark Souls trilogy is coming to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Get all of the games in one combined package in October 2018. Get uh, fucked, Europe. <laughs> in the United States, I believe. <laughs> I don't think it's everywhere. Um, it's not coming to Europe. So, North America, bring it on. And in Canada, yeah. it's twice as much. Uh, <laughs> it's, oh man. It'll be probably $80 plus tax. Yeah. And we have 13% harmonized sales tax. You know, just all around good time. Um, Shinmu yeah, 3. But we don't go broke if we get sick. <laughs> Shinmu 3 has. A release date of August 27, 2019, marking four Okay, <laughs> the amount of anger I get over Shenmue for some reason, I don't know why, what, but... What's, what's anger? If I, I wrote the story on what, August 20th? Uh, It'll yeah. be in the URL. August 21st. Shenmue 3 coming out August 27th. I had to put 2019... Because if I wrote August 27th, you would assume it would come out next week. Or yes. tomorrow. Correct. What game in their right mind has a release date for 372 days from now? Exactly. <laughs> and what game looks like a game that has no facial animations three or four, three years after announcement? I mean, you know. That's you know. ready to have a release date specifically in the future. Yeah, it's going to get moved, most likely. Shenmue, to, like, I've I've looked at the new Shenmue release, 
Shenmue is a perfect example of what happens when you have an awesome formula in a not great game that gets used better in different franchises. Everything about Shenmue is done better in Yakuza, and I know it's not the same tonal setting, but Shenmue is laborious. You have to... A lot of what you have to do is wait until something happens in the universe's time, and you're just twiddling your thumbs playing a game of Lucky Strike to pass the time before you can have fun again. <laughs> Saying Lucky Strike isn't fun? Is like The thing is, if you're looking for sailors, and that's what you want to do, you don't want to play Lucky Strike, but you have to because you have to pass the time. You can put that, Bejeweled in that game instead that way, no matter what you do when you're having a great time. Yeah, well, that's the thing. They also have, like, why don't you play this uh, other Sega game that's also in the game? If I wanted to play that other game, <laughs> I, I would play that, that other game. game. Oh, Sega, bring on Lucky Strike 2018. <laughs> yeah, Shimu 3, coming out August 27, 2019. <laughs> I have... I have no thoughts. I've never played the original. I've had they put the first two out on the on the consoles. I have no desire to play it. I was very shocked that anyone backed any dollar amount on that game, and I'm still just shocked that it's even a thing that we're still talking about. But maybe August 27, 2019 will get a full release or it'll have an inevitable delay. One of the two. One of the two. It's been delayed many times already. <laughs> So that'll be five years um, from the initial announcement in which de- I'm pretty sure development had not started yet. Uh, I was say, which is completely fine. Right. Like five years is actually somewhat normal of a, of a dev cycle from announcement to release if we follow Square Enix release rules. So- well, <laughs> that's the thing. A lot of people are like, oh, well, can't, uh, Square Enix because they're a content factory of many different arms they like they made kingdom hearts 3 look more in development than just a pitch of what they hope the game will look like right so that makes sense shenmu like <laughs> saying that 3 or eastnet saying that shenmu 3 is going to be out by the end of 2018 when pitching for um 2015 that's unrealistic. Yeah. They said, like, we're on stage to announce that we want to make this game. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. makes sense. But having a release date a year ahead of time when the game looks like... If you watch the trailer, the trailer can't handle the frame rate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It looks choppy. Yeah, it doesn't look good. No one makes facial good. animations. There's hey, a little hey, bit hey. of combat. There's a few mouths moving. <laughs> There's no gameplay. We have not seen gameplay footage of this game. This is true. This is true. Um, we haven't seen that for Dead Stranding yet either, have we? We know that's the best game ever. Well, we actually have seen gameplay. It's just not what people expected. <laughs> oh, is that like the walking around or whatever? Yeah. Was that? yeah. Uh, yay! That was awesome! gameplay. <laughs> okay. So I, I didn't follow that part. Well, I I mean, I don't think anybody expected that to be what the gameplay was, but I mean, that's what it is. 
<laughs> I'm sure there's probably a lot more to that game than there is to Shinmu 3, though. Um, speaking of games that there's a lot more to than Shinmu 3, Devil May Cry 5 has a release date of March 8th, 2019. Um, so let me ask you all a question. Do you, and you can say whether you play these types of games, are you all into arcade fighting games at all? Or like oh, you mean beat em up character games? action games? Character action games. That's the one I was looking for. Uh, you into those? You a big fan of those? Bayonetta 2, I gave a 9.5 out of 10. I absolutely loved it. Devil May Cry is obviously the progenitor of that kind of smoke-and-sick stylish game. Right. That's actually right. the 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 feedback you get if you do awesome combos. Right. Any right. game... It, here's basically breaks down, if you haven't heard the term character action game. Do you enter combat scenarios of third-person, over-the-shoulder-ish? Not over-the-shoulder, but kind of like... Kind of not eagle vision. Right. But kind of hovering overhead. Right. You enter combat scenarios, and do you get a score after the combat scenario and feedback based on what you do? That's a character action game. Wonderful right. 101, right. Bayonetta, Devil May Cry, right. Marlo Briggs. The old God of Wars. <laughs> uh, did you get score? You don't get scores, but they actually count up all of your combos, and you get, um, like, the higher your combo goes, the more um blood soul things or whatever it was that you got in those games yes that 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 counts okay that's so yeah that's kind of like an an argue and most people would agree but like yeah uh, old yeah that that's a character (laughs) action game um devil may cry is not only like been driving the character action genre it's been leaning into its cheesiness ever since like the beginning Devil DMC Devil May Cry went a little bit too far with its edgelord protagonist who says F you. They've toned him down a lot. Um It looks like this they game, have two this characters game is, in there, this one though. So it's I think it's Nero, right? Yeah, Maybe? it's Nero and Dante from featuring Dante from Devil May Cry series. <laughs> um you actually Dante. have a reason to say that this time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's only Dante. been two years, and we finally have a reason to say it. I'll just go ahead. Devil May Cry has always had a kind of butt rock, edgelord kind of <laughs> feel to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The song Devil Trigger that they've been picking is so perfect... Because it leans into the so dumb it's cool and so cool it's dumb vibe that when you see Dante stroll in a motorcycle, break it open into two and turn it into motorcycle blades mm-hmm. to cut up enemies, you're like, yep, yeah, I believe it. Yeah, that's what that I saw that and I was like, yeah, it seems about what this game is. Uh, seems about what this game is. Um, like generally... Um, my my only problem with these games, and I had the same problem with like the God of War game, um, or God of War games back in the day, which was like by like hour five or six, um, even if you get different weapons, like I was already tired, just tired of like button mashing through combos. <laughs> um, so I have like a love hate relationship with character action games because I think generally they're very fun but they just get repetitive to me and maybe I'm just not 
creative enough with how I make combos in these games, but it just ultimately always rings out, um, uh, rings out as like, I just can't do this anymore. I don't feel like playing this anymore. (laughs) Every character action game has uh, what they call bread and butter combos. Yeah. Yeah. Your basic square, square, square triangles, square, triangles, square, square, triangle, triangle, square, all of those. Triangle, triangle, square, square, square. Circle, 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 you know, whatever. Pentagon. Pentagon. (laughs) Jump in the air and do something crazy. Um, I don't know if I've just never, like, cracked the code of it, but, like, even when I was playing, like, the DMC game for review, like, it was just like, I man, I'm so, like, all right, so this was a good two or three hours, and then now I'm bored. (laughs) I don't, like, 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 there's no... There's a there's no change in how you approach like what you have to do like it's everything is a combo like there's no like oh instead of doing a combo this time you actually have to solve this puzzle of how of where and how you can hit the character no 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 just hitting it with combos that's it the this one looks like it may do something different with the fact that is he riding on his sword or on like he's at some point he's floating through the air on something and I don't. He's like surfing something in the air, and I don't know what it is, but it looks crazy. Um, so we'll see. Devil May Cry Five coming in March eighth, twenty nineteen, to all the all the powerful platforms. Um, no version for the Nintendo Switch. Then <laughs> we also got. You Sekiro. don't have to be like every single game, and most, and it's mostly every single game, <laughs> right? Um, next up, we got a release date for our Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, which is the weirdly published by Activision from Software Game. Uh, <laughs> mostly weird in that Activision is publishing something that's not Call of Duty um, and not... Or, or a licensed uh, Transformers game. <laughs> or a licensed Transformers game. Um, but yeah, so Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, got a new trailer, got a release date, March 22nd, 2019, coming to the platforms that I mentioned previously, that is basically not the Nintendo Switch. I wish Uh Rebecca was here, because she got to play it. Oh, okay, okay. Like, I I, I knew she was getting to play it, and she was like, that's the embargoed game, I'm like, oh, Mm. I want to play that game. (laughs) Mm. But Activision is... Except for like Call of Duty and uh, Destiny, mm-hmm. they're like though that's like you walk into the South Hall and there they are, right? <laughs> right, goddamn, there, huge yeah. ass booth. Activision all used to not go to E three. Like I think they skipped a year or two. Yeah, and I then they're it's... just like, oh, we got huge ass games now and expansions for days. Yeah, and now it's like, hey, we gotta tell people we still got these games coming. But Sekiro uh, looks like a Dark Souls game. Like, you face a boss that can grab you up, slam you to the da- ground, throw you backwards, and throw you and ring you out like it's Tekken or a Soul Calibur. Right. That this is a this is a Dark Souls game. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a Dark Souls game. It's just also not a Dark Souls game. <laughs> no, I'm, like it's from software. I can say this is a Dark Souls game. This is the one time. <laughs> I'm not saying every. This is the Dark Souls of. This is the Dark Souls of character action games. <laughs> this is the Dark Souls of jar jar RPGs. 
Japanese, Japanese action role playing games. I need to look this up. <laughs> Is this a term? <laughs> well, I don't. I don't think so. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't see it written up. I do see it written. Oh, there is a a role playing a forum role playing game based on the Rogue Vector. Hmm. All right. Anyway. Oh well, no created terms today. <laughs> well, one thing that has been created is people continue to try to expand themselves into battle royale. So, oh. Dying Light Bad Blood features 12-person battle royale in the, in the uh, you, you drop into uh, a, a land, uh, which, which is, I don't remember where they are in the new version, or the new game, but you drop down with 12 other players, you have to survive, and you have to, like, kill different, um, kill the different zombie types and all this stuff. But then you also have to kill the other players, because there's a helicopter and only one person can get out. Um, or you can just get to the helicopter before the other players, um, but eventually you'll have to face them. Essentially, uh, but yeah, so twelve person. It's we, they're calling it battle royale. I can't. I don't think it's necessarily battle royale. But if we're counting anything that ends up with one person at the end as the winner uh, out of a large assortment of people, then I'll just call it battle royale because that's that's what we're doing these days. Which means that even FIFA. Now has battle royale, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as they also have a, a level with uh, two teams facing each other, and as you play and you score goals, the uh, you lose players on the field. So then the, the last player standing is the last person to score the goal. So there you go. There's there's another battle royale mode in FIFA, which is just amazing. Uh, I mean. The entire concept of this is pretty cool um, in FIFA, I think. I'm not really so sure about the dying light thing. It seems more like they are like, hey, I mean, we made plenty of money with dying light before. People seem to like our core mechanics. Maybe we can turn that into something that can be profitable in Battle Royale before our actual sequel releases. Um, but do do either of those sound intriguing for, for either of you? Are you... In, are you interested in the FIFA survival mode? I'd like to see it in Splatoon. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I'm actually surprised that <laughs> I know Nintendo follows trends a little late, but uh, I would think that Splatoon would have a battle royale. <laughs> I don't know how you would, like, have a Splatoon battle royale, especially when it's a painting action game and not a like a team-based painting action game where you're just trying to take more paint on the ground. Uh, they're still splatting. You can splat people, so you, uh, splatting. Yeah, I mean, there's, 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 a comp- there's another way to make it competitive. Yeah, okay, just, let, just... Me, let me rephrase. I don't know how you would fit more than eight players online in a game. <laughs> I would imagine that if Nintendo were to do a Battle Royale, that would be it. Yeah, like... Battle Royale, 12, 6v6. <laughs> but um, then it doesn't be, it's not Battle Royale. 6v6. Because Battle Royale is supposed to be the last one standing. Well, then Fortnite doesn't count because Fortnite has team battle modes. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, no, it doesn't. 
Well, you people make people make informal partnerships in battle royale and Hunger Games. So you're saying that the team battle royale modes do not count. Only the only battle royale is one that is a single player grind. Well, Fortnite is only there to exist to create money and headlines. <laughs> Don't be a hater. And all your false life, stories. Don't be a hater all your life, Daniel. <laughs> and false stories of people shitting in bags. I did not put this on here because it is <laughs> it was not true and no one needs to cover it. Well, so far we have a German outlet reporting it and then one person saying it didn't happen. I think that it's very, very good to take the one person who was like, come on, dog, that didn't happen. Because uh, they were they were there, right? I mean, is it yeah. is this is the case that well, they apparently were not there so was the 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 outlet. I mean, I feel like this is one of those times where some some rumor flew and just kept going, and then it reached the outlet, and they were like, "Huh, people are really still out there about that Fortnite. We got to get that Fortnite story out there," and that's how we ended up where we are now. Um. Speaking of how we ended up places, Housemark's new game Storm Divers is Storm Divers is also a battle royale game. Do we know anything about it? Well, from the clip that they showed, there are jetpacks, there are vehicles, there are uh, environmental uh, areas that you'll be able to be running through. You'll have different gadgets to block people from being able to shoot you or whatnot. It looks cool. Housemark is a very good developer. Um, Though they've mostly dabbled in arcade, uh, competitive arcade games uh, with high score matching, uh, Storm Divers looks like the pretty big departure from that. Um, but I certainly hope that the studio has something else in mind because, again, most of the Battle Royale things that are out there that aren't just modes in other series, are, are they're, they're, they're not lasting. Um <laughs> I think there's like one like Islands of Nine or whatever that's on PC right now that came out as a game. And that one is at uh, about 125 players was its peak yesterday. Uh, <laughs> and their uh, their highest peak was less than 10,000. So I hope that for Housemark's sake, uh, they see more people latch on to Storm Divers than they did the excellent Next Machina, which just another way, another reason for me to play you should play next Machina. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So into news news that aren't release dates or people trying out Battle Royale. Uh, Assassin's Creed is headed for another gap year. Um, the teams were working simultaneously, according to Eve's Guillemot. He says that the... It's just Eve. Eve Guillemot. Sorry. You apologies. Disastrous Americans with your... Stop it. <laughs> it's, it's not, not even fault. Quebec French. He speaks French, French. French. I don't know I don't know French, but uh, if I did know French, I probably would have said his name right. I just know it's Guimau, I think. I don't... I'm just trying here, man. Just... I'm trying, Jennifer. Uh... <laughs> I'm just trying to share the plural... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you know what? <laughs> that that one, <laughs> that one is uh that was my favorite meme. Um I can't remember yeah, when too. it happened. <laughs> but um homie from the Trailblazers is talking about how he doesn't want to join up with other people just to win a championship. 
<laughs> girl Jennifer jumps into his mentions. She's like, "Well, you might as well try to do something. <laughs> you ain't gonna ever win a championship." And he's just like, "No, they try to win a playoff game." Oh, <laughs> oh man, amazing! I'm trying, Jennifer. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's just a shame because CJ McCollum seems like such a cool dude, and yeah. he just got his ass handed to him so many times this summer. Yeah, <laughs> every time he wants to do something, he's just like. All right, man. Come on, man. I didn't even mean it like that. Why would you even think I would say that? It's just like, hey, man. This is what this is what it means when you're an NBA player with a podcast. Like, you just you can't just be saying stuff and expect nobody to want to hear it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, back on topic. <laughs> Assassin's Creed is headed for a gap year. Um, they're going to not have any major releases next year. Instead, focusing on the live service component of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, yeah, that's what needs more money into it. <laughs> uh, so they are, in fact, going to keep releasing content for Assassin's Creed Odyssey. But, you know, this kind of harkens back to the conversation we had a couple months back, I think, about, like, what it would be if Assassin's Creed had, like, a just expanding game where, as you played, you just got expansions to more areas as opposed to them having to create a new release every year. Um, I'm pretty curious to see what their live service content will be, considering how expansive Origins is as a game and how much is in it. Um, I I honestly can't imagine what they could possibly be planning um, for all of these like Greek mythology things and all that that they're putting into the game. So should be interesting, but no essential, no major Assassin's Creed in 2019. Um, I wonder if they'll have a movie. <laughs> See, yeah, that's interesting. There was that movie that existed to mm-hmm. set up the, uh, the the It's Always Sunny uh, company to start their own television show. <laughs> to create the Ubisoft multimedia wing. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to see... You know what they should have done? They should have made Assassin's Creed a TV show. I would 100% watch that mm. before I would have watched another movie. Because I don't know how you get access to good enough areas where you can climb up buildings and shit but for see, a series but and see, it like, not look terrible. I mean, if people can deal with the fact of how Iron Fist looked and keep watching that show... They well, that's for free. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that they're like, say they did it with uh, Amazon or Netflix or any of these 50 million companies that are starting subscription services now. Like if they did Assassin's Creed and they said, hey, you as a member of Netflix can see the Assassin's Creed series, right? They get whatever investment they want and they want to go wherever they want. They can you can choose like you can do it like an anthology series where each it can be like uh, what's that horror show? Um, American Horror Story, where it goes a different place every year, but with the same actors. You could just do, like, instead of the same actors, you just go to a different place every year. And that would be, like, all part of the same story of essentially what they do in the games, which is you go in for a session, and then the session lasts until you finish that little section. And then you go and you see what the real people in real world are doing. And you go back into it when they finish their little conversation and you go back into it. So I think you could easily make an Assassin's Creed TV series um, in relation to like how much effort it is to make a movie. 
and like trying to get big actors and all that stuff to try to put it in theaters. Like it just feels like that's a lot more effort to put a movie in theaters with actors and all that stuff to try to promote it as opposed to a TV series wherein really like most of the money these days gets exchanged before the TV series even starts. And then it's really a matter of whether you get a second season or not. So I, I, no, 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 go ahead. Um, it's just that like, it's hard to bank on a series like to put the amount of money into making Assassin's Creed proper would be more than making to me eh, maybe maybe on par with making uh the Walking Dead work and that was a limited 6 episode run on cable right like pilots cost a lot of money making putting a lot of money into a series that has not proven itself when video game adaptations have like tanked either creatively or at the box office many times. Like I don't, it's a lot of money to invest into a television show to make it work. I think that's kind of been the crux of where like, do are there any video game based TV shows that you can think of? I can't think of one right now. Quantum break. <laughs> okay, one that was actually <laughs> Fuller House. What? Fuller House. House. So I've I've watched shows that have video games in them. I watched this VR TV show the other week. I was going to talk about it. Uh, I think I talked about the like, first episode. It turned into something completely different by the end. Like it was all about like. This dude in the game was hacking the game and was like killing people in real life. That was I was like, all right, so this is not about just VR. <laughs> Did someone uh, turn Sword Art Online and turn it not into an anime? <laughs> it had some anime stuff in it, but it was mostly in like the real world. After a while, um, and the whole idea was this guy promised these people they would all meet up together and meet at this house, and that you know they were going to be able to live this happy life together outside of the game, and it was. Very much still, like, not talking about people with, like, um, like normal relationships in real life, but, like, people who were isolated and lonely and how they can take advantage of is what the series is all about. Okay. Um, I think that you could, because it's not like you have to make this animated, like, you're really, like, the biggest budget is going to be for, like, the costumes and the time period work to get everything right. And they already do a lot of that effort anyway because they have to make the games. So, like, taking all of that effort and translating it into, like, hey, the series is going to be in, like, fucking ancient Greece this year. I think the hardest part is going to be, like, selling people on the fact that, hey, we know that we haven't really done anything since Rome or Spartacus in this ancient Greece time period that's really worked out. But maybe we can figure this out with Assassin's Creed. Um, and I don't know. I, I feel like if, if Castlevania is like the only TV series that exists based on a game and it's a cartoon, I feel like you could try. We could try. That's an anime, though. I know. I'm just saying we could try. We could try it. I'm not saying it will be good. I'm just saying they could try. Like, make, it, make one episode. Maybe this is a situation like... Uh, <laughs> Like the Mortal Kombat thing where they, for the longest time, just made, uh, there's this guy. For the longest time. They had the YouTube guy who made the uh, 
the Mortal Kombat series or whatever. Anyway. The YouTube guy. YouTube guy. Rocket Jump? <laughs> I don't know. Have no idea. Anyway. Anyways, back back on topic. <laughs> back to the uh, news. <laughs> back to the idea of turning into a service. I see it's not mentioned in our document, but uh, it brings me to Hitman 2. They're, Hitman, ever since becoming an IO interactive mainly led game and not a action stealth game mm. it like they've they've turned it into a games of a service like now they're bringing back the first hitman games or the first hitman maps and they're adding it to base hitman 2 at launch so you'll have like all 10 maps from both games ready and they'll be continuing to do stuff like add elusive missions, add new gadgets or new, like, missions to do within the map to make it more of a living thing. And I think it works well with the Hitman 2 franchise. But, like, if Assassin's... And because you're doing it map-to-map and you're trying to do stealth missions, it kind of makes more sense to have different avenues of trying to get in, having different restrictions in your gameplay. You know, you could do, like, a silent assassin only no suit like you're just basic character and you have to kill them without anyone knowing or you can do a sniper assassin style like you can do a bunch of different ways assassin's creed to do like games as a service would mean hoping that the story is good and hope that people would continue to play it two years later i I think that there's a bit more of a risk there but also it's a ubisoft open world game people are going to buy it regardless and you'll be scared at how many people are playing Ghost Recon Wildlands. Wow. Like, <laughs> like they're just games that exist to be, like, make Ubisoft lots of money. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, who knows? I Ultimately, at the end of the day, for me, it's mostly like, yeah, man, Ubisoft just makes games. And they make games that sell. And I have no idea why people like them, but... I just I just sit along the sidelines. So if they wanted to do Assassin's Creed as a uh, live service game, they just keep adding to. Um, that that seems like about what they're going to try to test out here more than they did when they uh, they ba- like last time they said they took a break. They essentially just didn't make anything else for Syndicate, and they said that's it. Um, it didn't sell enough. We're just going to leave it. This time they're basically saying we expect it'll sell enough. We expect we'll keep making money off of it. But we're going to take a break because we didn't have any other development teams ready. So (laughs) um, I think it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing. Um, But it's definitely not a it doesn't seem like it's a strategic thing as much as it was like we made a lot of money off of Origins. We'll probably make a similar amount of money off of Odyssey based on what we're seeing. Let's not look to try to milk people with another game. Let's just keep milking them for these microtransactions <laughs> and other things that we can we can sell. Yeah. Um, speaking of other things you can sell, what if I told you you could get an Xbox One X, Xbox Game Pass, Xbox Live Gold, all for thirty five dollars a month? Tell me more, Martin. <laughs> Well, that's what Microsoft is reportedly beginning to offer. Wow! Uh, <laughs> according to uh, people from 
people in the know with Microsoft. So some people at The Verge, some people at Windows Central, and my article source is coming from gamesindustry.biz. Um, <laughs> the actual package is going to have you in a two-month or a two-year contract at $35 a y- uh, per month in the contract. So total spend of about nine, about eight fifty um, over those two years. Um, so essentially you are getting, um, they, they get you into the system for, uh, $35. You get your system, you get your guy of gold, you get your game pass, you get to get all of their games for free because it's game pass and that's where they all are. Um, including the halo, uh, collection, which is now also a part of Xbox games pass. Um, so then on top of that, they get to, you know, keep you in their ecosystem. But I just don't know if this is something that people would actually be introduced or interested in. Would you would you would you buy that, Matt? If you if you have any interest in an Xbox, would you go the subscription route versus buying it outright? Uh no. <laughs> I would not do that. It's interesting because it would be like Let's just say it happened next year. It would be year six in this. It would be year six of the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. And that assumes you don't own a console already from this generation. And the you, I think currently the Xbox One X is still five hundred dollars. Did they drop the price yet? I know they do sales and stuff, but. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's like it's still officially 500, but the sales like never stop. Essentially, <laughs> uh, let's see what Amazon gives us for the Xbox One X. Okay, I accidentally hit. <laughs> I accidentally hit something about fragrances. Um, official listing price. <laughs> official listing price is still. Four eighty-eight forty-five on Amazon, so it's still sitting at five hundred. So Xbox it would just add like three hundred and thirty-nine dollars over two years for Xbox Gold and Xbox Game Pass. I think it's still sixty in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So that's one hundred and twenty, and then two over two years. So at six twenty. It it all ends up adding, and up then like about adding the same, like two hundred ish dollars over those two, yeah, yeah. Well, because literally the 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 big savings there is is that there really isn't much of one. <laughs> In fact, um, if you buy five hundred dollars outright and you buy the two year pass, right, and then you have Game Pass for two years, and Game Pass is ten dollars a month, so that's two forty. So it all evens out the exact same. You just don't pay it up front. Um, but but also you're not adding tax. Well, you're yeah. just it's thirty four ninety nine per month. Well, I just assume that there is a tax included in, in there. Um, well, what I'm saying but, is, it's well, like, when, I was going to say well, usually when you have like per month pricing, that's what you pay per month. Well, what I'm saying is, like, say, I mean, so say we did add tax in there, right? I mean, what we're looking at is really adding in something around another $100 on top of it. So at the end of the day, say we're at 620 it's another 240 for two years of Game Pass, right? That's that's your 860 right there. And then 
plus tax, you're about at another hundred dollars more. So you save. So let's say you add a hundred dollars on that, or however much you want, because it's only tax on the console itself. It's not on the subscriptions. You're, yeah, that's true. You're really not getting like your your savings there is is not as much as it would seem outright. There's still savings, and it's more or less like what you save on a month to month basis. But it's a two year contract, so you're going to spend that amount of money. It's just whether you spend it up front or you spend it later. Um, well, that's the thing. Usually, when you have subscription services, there over time, especially you, you know, if you're renting a lamp at rent a lamp or whatever, like you're paying way more well, to rent, right. <laughs> your, to rent equipment and to rent stuff. If to have a console and to only be tied to it for two years, if you didn't have a console and you're like, oh, finally, time. I've been waiting forever. Now I'm going to get the strongest Xbox One X. Your the only thing you're really kind of like being gouged on is will the Xbox One be the main console for Microsoft for the next two years? And also, do you care if you are not amongst the early adopters of the next generation of consoles? I think the biggest thing for me is since they have offered it before and they didn't train, like it would be a big shock to me if they brought out a brand new console and they put it on a subscription plan right away. Like that's when people talk about the smartphone style model, like that's the model is like every single phone that you can buy can be bought either outright or can be bought in a subscription plan. And in the subscription plan, like you're going to pay about what you're going to pay regardless of it, because it's it, I mean, you get some subsidies because it's through for the most part, it's through your actual um, <clears throat> phone company. So like you go to Sprint, Sprint offers an iPhone plan. Sprint also offers the iPhone subscription plan. And depending on what phone you get, it's a certain amount. And the total amount that you pay at the end of it is usually nowhere near the actual total price. Right. Like when you buy an iPhone outright, you're talking close to a thousand dollars for the latest versions. If you put it on a plan, like usually you come out saving on that in the end because you're not paying like you're paying this thirty five dollars a month as opposed to paying the outright price. But they do that because they're like they know by the end of that you're going to just turn your phone in and then you're going to get a new one and you're going to keep paying the subscription price. And then you pay it off towards the end. You, If you want to, you can buy it at the end and you pay the difference in what you haven't paid yet. So it's to me, it's like I don't suspect that the next Xbox One, whatever that is, is going, the Xbox to, come out, two. <laughs> is going to come out and they're going to offer it for $35 a month. Like it would be like 50 or 60 And at that point, what is what are people really saving there? Like they would literally have to be like, all right, so the Xbox One X, which cost five hundred dollars, we have this new console that now also costs five hundred dollars. It's gonna take the thirty five dollar spot, and the Xbox One X takes the twenty dollar spot or whatever. Um, so if they do that, I'd be very surprised. But they started doing it with the Xbox three hundred and sixty, and they decided not to do that going forward. So I just, I'll be very interested to see if they continue to make this like their approach in which case i think it's a good approach i just don't think it's gonna last i think it's only happening because like you said we're six years into the xbox one life cycle yeah it's if it was 35 dollars like it's weird how non-gougy 
it is of a price, <laughs> especially in a two-year contract. Well, like I said, I think the idea is if that they keep offering it, it would be that you would finish paying for that one, and if you wanted to, you'd probably turn it in and get the next one and just pay that same subscription yeah. fee, and they just say whatever. But yep. I guess I don't know. Who knows? We don't know anything yet. They they haven't officially announced anything. This is all whispers. Um, well, it's funny. Like It's not even as audacious or as like kind of like grasping as a console that was needs a 24-hour check-in to the internet <laughs> and uses renders everything from the power of the cloud still coming and as computational cloud computing still coming man still coming <laughs> um not crackdown 3 <laughs> not in crackdown 3 uh which was i'm surprised that hasn't gotten announced as delayed again yet uh it did it did like months ago well, it's still in like early 2019, right? Or did it get delayed from that date? Well, too? You, you you can't like delay. Uh, when was the delay? It was at E3, right? Right before E3. It got delayed. Yeah, right before E3 to February 2019. I'm just saying, yeah, like I mean, just you can't see. delay it again. Like <laughs> two months later. All two right, mo- yeah, <laughs> like this many months later. Away at least. Um. Anyway, so next story, and I'm I'm probably gonna drop many of these other stories because we, <laughs> we've been going for a while. Um, NBA 2K19 removes some aspects of microtransactions in Netherlands and Belgium, and they are um, so the main things that they changed is the way in which you get map packs or not map packs, card packs for games. So Monte, do you ever? Uh, you ever check out the uh, my team mode in uh, in two K? Uh, no, honestly, I, the only one I have is two K seventeen, and all I did was try to put a team in in, uh, in Hawaii. It didn't quite work out. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the my team mode is where all of this stuff really lives. Um, mm. It's similar to like Madden Ultimate Team and FIFA Ultimate Team. Where you buy card packs, they give you a player, you make a team, and then you keep playing with them, and you get more um, currency, and then you can buy more card packs. Can uh, we can we talk about the statement sent by 2K? Yes, that's what I'm really here for anyway. <laughs> um, because they, not only did they make a statement about the fact that they're taking these things out, but they also included in that statement that they disagree with this position by the by the gambling laws. So here is their statement. Um, which one do you want to read first, the Belgium or the Netherlands? Um, uh, the Belgium one is fine. It seems yeah. shorter. Yeah, is the liner too shorter? <clears throat> so the Belgian Gaming Commission has stated that games which include certain loose box style mechanics violate gambling laws in Belgium. While we disagree with this position, we are working to comply with BGC's current interpretation of these laws. As a result, we have made some local changes to the My Team mode. These changes are necessary in order for us to accommodate the BGC's interpretation of the Belgian Gaming Act. Specifically, we will be turning off the ability to purchase packs with premium non-earned currency slash virtual currency Gamers are still able to acquire packs with my team points. We'll be continuing conversations with the BGC in order to explain our view on how NBA 2K and my team pack purchases already comply with local laws. 
If you agree, we recommend that you contact your local government representative to communicate your opinion. We will keep the community posted on any developments, and we apologize for any inconvenience. So, um, just to <sighs> just to let everybody know, uh, the my team card packs um, are currently uh, able to be purchased by uh, buying them with real currency and not just the in-game currency. You buy virtual currency, which is the in-game currency, and then you can buy a card pack. The card pack itself is a gamble because it doesn't have a promise of what you're going to get. It just tells you you may get one of a certain level of card type. So you can get one rare, you can get one like silver, platinum, or something like that. I think you also get like legacy players, like highlight players from like playoff war legends or something like. Right, like you get legends card packs and you have regular card packs. So you can get current players and legendary players. So they're like, for example, like Oladipo in the playoffs is like a high tier card. Right. <laughs> when he when he tore like when he tore it. Right. Right. So like they they specifically create all these different types of cards for you to be able to purchase, put them into these card packs, and then randomize the output. So you're you're literally depending on a random number generator to get it out. And and, and this is where the contention comes in, which is that the Belgian Gaming Commission has decided that anything that is you purchasing in uh, the in-game currency and the actual output that is given is from a randomized set of circumstances, then it is considered gambling because you are, in fact, trying to get things that are going to actually make you better in the game and improve your outcomes. So 2K disagrees, (laughs) and they would like for you to contact your local government representative to communicate your opinion. Um, Good that's, God. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> okay, so... Can you contact them to say you agree with them? Right. Yeah, like, not only are they... Like, they're in the statement saying that instead of allowing you to pay for these cards, we're still going to allow you to use currency earned by playing the game... And we disagree with this statement, and we want you to tell your country that you're doing it wrong because we want to make more money off of you by randomization, by randomizing what cards you get and making you pay for the opportunity, for the opportunity, their verbiage probably, mm-hmm. to earn more cards of your favorite players of NBA history. Yeah. The gall <laughs> on 2K for this statement. Like, I we know you enjoy giving us $60 for the same game every year, but <laughs> would you like us to take even more of your money through optimization? Like, this isn't MLB The Show. Like, this isn't Sony's pet project to create a good MLB game right. that uses MLB license that is also just following the trend of FIFA and uh, Madden and NHL to a lesser extent with Mutt, Hut, Foot. What? <laughs> what? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Not Football, N- not Ultimate the, Team, the hockey, hockey Ultimate Team, team My ultimate team. ultimate team. Yes. And now my team is the team. Yeah, like 
2K is just salty that someone has stopped them. <laughs> wasn't like wasn't NBA 2K18 especially egregious, Martin? It it absolutely was, and they uh, they were supposed to have fixed it uh, like at a certain point towards the end. So the problem with 2K18 was that, and 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 this isn't just a problem with 2K18. This has been a problem with 2K since 2K12 when they first introduced virtual currency, where they essentially bifurcated the game. Like you can have a experience with virtual currency or you can have experience without it. But if you have an experience without it, it becomes a lesser game. So like in 2K12, you could earn like all of the same things with like the regular currency builder without virtual currency at all. And there was like, there's two, like you just would have to turn it off to start or you would have to keep it on. But if you turned it off, like you have a, whole different game you essentially play in 2k18 if you turn the internet off you can't play that game there's literally nothing you can do you can't play the like the online mode completely changes there's no like they don't actually do the story mode in there they literally turn off everything that they had in the game so you couldn't play it offline and you couldn't earn enough currency to do anything so like you couldn't play the my team mode you couldn't do any of that stuff because you cannot actually play the game without having the ability to purchase things inside of the game. So not only did they do that, but on top of that, they created this system of upgrades where they were charging people like a thousand virtual currency, which is like $10 in real life. And that thousand virtual currency would buy a haircut. So like literally, (laughs) literally it was absolutely asinine how much money you would have to spend to get dollars or to get like real changes in the game if you want to pay for them. So they eventually changed it, like I said. But when you first opened up that game, it was like, oh, yeah, you want to buy a pack of virtual currency. The pack of virtual currency wouldn't go very far because everything was priced super high. So you're not even getting your character better. You're just buying accessories. And the accessories themselves cost all this money. And then that didn't even count, like, that wasn't even going into the ultimate, like, the my my team stuff. I didn't even go all the way over there. But just playing through their online, like, neighborhood mode, I was like, this is, this is, like, BS. Like, every bit of this is BS. Like, there's just nothing about (laughs) the way that they structured this that is meant for you to actually be able to progress in this game without playing thousands of hours. And, And once upon a time, you could get through the career mode pretty easily and end up as a relatively high-level player. In this case, there was no way to do it without paying for things. Like, you could play, like, perfectly for, like, 10 games in a row, and you would not have enough currency to actually upgrade your player again until you play, like, game 15. It was absolutely asinine. And the idea that they have the nerve to then go to people and say, well, if you want to let the government officials know that you disagree with this, it's just like, come on, man. Come on. There's no way you need this much money. No way. <laughs> anyway, 2K makes me upset now. I, once upon a time, <laughs> once upon a time, 2K, like 2K15 is one of my favorite games that they've ever made. But this was a problem in that one. And it's only exacerbated itself as time go, has gone on. It's crazy. I can't believe they're doing this. <sighs> anyway. Um... Do you want to talk about NVIDIA GPUs, Daniel? Uh, it 
wait until benchmarks come out. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> it, it sounds it sounds like there's a big generational leap, but I'd wait until there's more games that are using ray tracing other than select 2K part or uh, sorry, Nvidia partners. And I'd also wait until uh finding out exactly what benchmarks there are because it's kind of weird they don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> They also have the T. One thing of note, they do have the TI, which is like the, the top plus, mm-hmm. which usually comes like a few months after the the eighty of every line. So that's interesting. Yeah, they're expensive. Yeah. They they might be worth it. No time to tell yet. <laughs> the, the, yeah, there's no way. It's to me the thing that I'm glad. Out, I, I'm glad they're working on the ray tracing to advance shadows and lighting techniques like a lot of gaming gaming is pushing the technology of graphics cards and computational factors to the point of coming up with quantum com- compu uh cpus and using quantum mechanics to shrink the die even smaller mm-hmm. and or to use functions in a different way than how they are now right but like where's the benchmarks nvidia what do you have to hide <laughs> you call you you jump a generation by a thousand and you don't even show benchmarks sad fake news fake fake news um go go to jail please eventually (laughs) please please go to jail we're Uh, talking about nvidia or trump there anyways (laughs) no 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 (laughs) Non-committal answer. Uh, Non-committal yeah, answer. Look, it's not my country. <laughs> so, when I get when I get uh, when I'm on Twitter and I see news stories happen, and I'm like, I could say a lot, but I'm not American. <laughs> it's not me. That's not me. That's not me. You um, uh, military exceptionalism. Anyways. <laughs> anyways. Anyways. Yeah. Um. Getting through some of the last bit of these, uh, Supermassive Games is making a Dark Pictures anthology. The Dark Pictures anthology will be a mixture of horror games similar to the Until Dawn game that they made that was really popular for the PlayStation 4. And they're using their own engine because they're not with Sony anymore. I was about to say, that was the other piece of this, is that it's going to be produced by Bandai Namco. And it will be available on Xbox One and PC as well. Um... So the first game that is going to come out is Man of Medan. And uh, yeah, they don't really have many other details on it besides that first trailer. So we'll see what it ends up turning into. Um, I I hope it's better than their most recent touch and phone and play games. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's not talk about those. Those games are like, oh, you... Because there's so much splicing of different paths, like characters are wearing hoodies up and then down in the next cut. Right. Yeah. 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 Anyway, um, a space simulator, Stellaris, is heading to consoles. I got a commercial for this while I was watching something on YouTube, and I was like, what is this? Um, it- a commercial on YouTube or it's Stellaris? As in, like, the commercial was for Stellaris on YouTube (laughs) while watching a YouTube video. Uh, But either way, the the main thing about the Stellaris game was I was just like, 
there's another one of those. Like, there's, like, Elite Dangerous. There's No Man's Sky. It seems like we're just getting a lot of space simulation games. Um, I don't really know how Stellaris separates itself from the pack. I'll have to look into that. But it's coming to console. I just want to say that. Uh, PUBG, ha- PUBG has now a training mode. Has that released? Or is it just announced that they're It's coming next one? month. Coming September. Also coming September is 1.0 is hitting Xbox. So that took longer than I expected. Um, <laughs> yeah. Who knows uh, if that game will ever actually run well um, on the Xbox One. But until then, uh, if you want to play another game that is uh, dropping things into the game, uh, there's a cube in Fortnite. Just a massive cube. What is the cube for? No one knows. No one knows yet. There's just a massive cube in Fortnite because there's no game that seems to continue to make news for itself like Fortnite does every single week. (laughs) Uh, And then the very last thing is Amazon Prime no longer gives a 20% discount before you buy a game. That ends as of the 28th. You should get in while you can. Other than that, it will be a $10 Amazon, uh, Amazon dollars or something like that. Ten Amazon dollars, Amazonian dollars. Ten Amazon dollars or something like that. They give you money essentially to shop at back at Amazon again, as opposed to uh, giving you a discount for shopping at Amazon. They should Uh, do loot crates. Say that again. (laughs) They should do loot crates with the opportunity to be able to shop at Amazon. Also, if you're going to get Amazon Prime, do a resubscription on uh, September 14th, so you get an a year of of ad-free time on Twitch with Twitch Prime. Because they're getting rid of that. Yep, that's the second piece of this. Not only did they change Amazon Prime about gaming, but they also changed Twitch Prime. So, ad-free viewing is no longer an option at the the Twitch Prime level. You must then get Twitch Turbo, which is a $20 a month. That's a... Uh, a twenty dollars a month add-on, essentially, to your base cost for Amazon Prime. So, no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah, so I like, remember when Turbo was like five bucks. I don't even. I hate when services do this, though. Like, bruh, don't call it something else. Just, just say there's like levels. Like, it's not Amazon <laughs> Prime Turbo. It's now it's Twitch Turbo and Twitch. Just make it simpler. Well, man. Make that's that's completely Amazon's doing. I know, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I just prefer when services keep it simple. Like Netflix is like, yeah, you can get Netflix, and then you have Netflix with one, uh, one person who can view at a time. Netflix with two viewers. Netflix with four viewers. Netflix Family Plan. Netflix 4K. Simple. The 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 Amazon Prime, but also Twitch Prime, but also Twitch Turbo is just too much. It's too much. Anyway, um, that's the news. That's everything we're covering today. Daniel George, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at It's Daniel George. Eventually, you'll find me on twitch.tv slash degenerator. I'm not playing long-ass open-world games with lots of dozens of hours of side content. in the span of week, one after another, slowly destroying my sanity. <laughs> Uh, playing. I'm probably going to start up a Darkest Dungeon campaign with the newest and maybe last DLC. Um, Color of Madness. That's it. Alien Ant Farm. (laughs) 
It's just Alien Farm, but right. I just wanted a late late two thousands uh, BET crashing vibes for my do gameplay. You, do you also participate in the meme going online right now, which is essentially people the yelling. meme going online? Yeah. So have you seen this? It's literally like there are people who are just like. Twitter, do you know what this song is? And then it's usually some song from the mid-2000s that's not very, very obscure if you actually lived in that time period. And it yeah. mostly just makes me feel old. <laughs> I saw one where it was um, from... Was it the Goofy movie? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which, which was like, okay, <laughs> all right, guys. That was I know that one was a little bit older, but the Goofy oh, movie is Us 90 kids, eh? I was... I was online. Uh, everybody has dating online apps. So this girl was like, her name was Jasmine. She was like, I'm looking for my Aladdin. And then I looked at her age and I was like, that movie came out before you were born. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus Christ. Oh, was she's like, saying that she's like really, really rich, possibly royalty. Oh, that sure. age slider is that low. It's hard to tell. <laughs> yeah, the, what'd you say? I said, ah, oh, the age slider is that low. No, I'm joking. Shut up, dog. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the movie came out in 1992. I was born in 89. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> age slider is... Dana proofs. <laughs> she could be 25 and not have been born yet. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was later. I can't remember when movies come out. What is Lion King? Came out also around 92, 93, 94. That was the year. first movie I saw. June 24th, 1994. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. See, see, Monte knows. Monte knows. Monte knows. Monte, where can the people find you in your KK Slider songs? Uh, you can find me writing stuff on Fansided. You can find me on Twitch.tv. Yeah, you might be able to find me on um, Monte World Peace on Twitch and also on Twitter. But if you try to contact me on Twitter, I will not be able to notice it because every time I refresh, I have far too many new notifications. I don't know what's going on in my life anymore. Yeah. 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 This is too much. It is too much. Far too but much. When it, when it's not too much and you want to reach somebody who can respond to you, you can contact me at GOTMAB21 on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on the show at Screen Liquor Pod. On Twitter, you can find Screen Liquor Podcast on Facebook. You can find us as a show on all of your favorite platforms, whether it be SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, TuneIn, or even Spotify. So we are everywhere you want to be. Um, and with that being said, dang it. Uh, all right, this is stupid. Anyway. <laughs> what are you Usually I leave you all with this. A quote from Destiny. From Destiny? Yes, from Destiny. I was just saying, how about a motivational one? Oh. Go out there and give them hell. You were born to do this. From Mass Effect 3. A game by Bioware, which is Canadian. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Was it made by Bioware Montreal, though? By Edmonton. Uh, I forgot Austin was new. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, that's it, everybody. Have a good weekend. Uh...